Hi there, and welcome to this episode of A Couple Takes on MS. Hi, I'm Dan Digman. And hi, it's me, Jennifer Digman. And we're A Couple Takes on MS. I'm walking. I'm rolling. But together, we're moving forward. Today, wow, it's, um, we're talking about learning and never stop learning. And I know that um, just when you want to roll your eyes and say, I don't want to learn anymore, it's just like, this is education. This is really important stuff, especially when you're living with multiple sclerosis and how you, how we as uh, MS patients, people living with MS, really can you imagine if you had all the knowledge about MS that you learned when you were first diagnosed and how long after that, if your knowledge would have been limited to just the initial two months following your diagnosis? I can't imagine because the disease is scary when you're first diagnosed. And I think that the knowledge helps to make it a little less scary. I mean, the disease still frightens the heck out of me most days. But, or that's not really fair to say, but it's still, that knowledge helps to make it more easy. Yeah, well, you can you can do a better job of like uh, managing your disease, treating your disease, understanding what it is, what you need to look out for. And I mean, we're talking, you know, we start out with talking about multiple sclerosis, but I think it's just in general, overall, um, high high level. I mean, just really as people to not stop learning, and that's what we're really talking about is just the importance of continuing to learn new skills, new everything. And I I guess then why is this important when you're living with multiple sclerosis? Well, like you said, it's important with every facet of your life, but it's especially important when you're living with multiple sclerosis because for me as a person who relies on caregiving, a caregiver so much, it's important that I know about my disease so I can better tell people that are spending time with me or caring for me. Um, it's important to know. And and like you and I have talked about, you know, when we go to legislators and advocate mm-hmm. for things or just the knowledge is powerful, it helps treating your disease better. And so that's about multiple sclerosis. But, you know, knowledge, it, it helps us rediscover ourselves it it helps us strengthen our beliefs, helps us know more about our health, about our wellness, day to day activity. So I think knowledge is it goes back to that phrase again that it's so powerful. Well, and and that's like um, because really as we are middle aged, and I think that's where um, it's just a question of understanding because it is it's like. We didn't stop learning when we graduated from high school, when we graduated from college, our first job. I mean, think of everything you do. Um, you smile. I smile because if I didn't stop learning, I would still have hair teased up to the heavens <laughs> and I would wear teal blue eyeshadow. So in just those simple facts. I think, I think that's a look you need to go for. Seriously. It's a shame that Halloween is over. Well, I, I don't think Halloween, dude. I think you just <laughs> resurrect my, that. My day-to-day style. But you, I know that knowledge is important with you being a working professional. Um, and 
even if you're not working, it's important that you continue learning because it helps you feel more confident about yourself. I know when I started um, just recently, we I signed up for this app where I get art I was every say, day. Talk, talk about your app. I think I think that's just so and, intriguing and for me. So I'm I'm getting to see different works of art on my phone, just different paintings from the 1500s on. I mean, even some art from the 1400s, and I think it makes makes me feel a little more confident. Not that I talk art, but just that I feel a little more. Um, rounded or heck, if we go to a dinner party, <laughs> not that Dan and I go to dinner parties all the time, but I have do, some, it's at a bar, but yeah, I have some crazy little topic in my back pocket. Well, why? I guess that that's the question of, um, you know, as we're talking about learning and education, it's just like that. What, what led one Jennifer Digman to one day say, you know what? I really need to get this app to learn more about art. Why was why was that important to you? It was important because it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's one of it's one of the things that I enjoy. It's one of my hobbies and that right there mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of learning. I was going to say that is if you can find a focus and outlet I love to play games on my phone mm. and to play Scrabble, but you know, the world, there's a big world outside of that. And I got a subscription to a newspaper online. So I, I read a little bit more, but then I got this daily art and it's just a little app on my phone and I can see a different, a different piece of art and it's, I just think it's very fun. And I know that because I don't continue to work in a traditional setting, that can be a little isolating and mm-hmm. just to stimulate my mind and to see things. I find that that's pretty important. Well, I think that's, that's you know, when we're talking about multiple sclerosis and affecting the central nervous system and affecting the brain. And we will have... Um, articles and everything in the liner notes for this episode so that you um, as listeners can just follow up and and learn more in depth about the importance of learning and staying active with your mind. Um, You know, because a lot when we're talking about multiple sclerosis and side effects and everything, we talk about cognitive issues and it's like this just helps to keep the brain moving and and stay active that way. And I think that's where with your art. Um, And let me ask this, when you are doing, you know, playing your games, um, which is helping with your mind and keeps you learning. And then you're, you're you're reading every day, which I think is so cool every day about art. How much do you think about multiple sclerosis while this is going on? Wow. That's a, that's a good question. I don't really. Um, sometimes I look at some of this and I long for days when I was back in college and I worked at an art museum. Mm-hmm. And so I long for that. But heck, I'm getting older. I think any of us as we age, we're like, oh boy, <laughs> I I remember being 20, 21. Um, but I think that's 
I wish I would stop saying that. <laughs> but that's a very good point that you don't think about your multiple sclerosis, that you're focused on something else. And, you know, it just continuing to learn the knowledge that it makes you more competent and it makes you feel more confident and it changes your perspective and it it just it adds it sparks new ideas and certainly the knowledge helps us deal with the unexpected we know how to we hopefully will know how to be better better prepared mm -hmm. and as silly as it sounds just keeping that that relevant you know it's so important to stay engaged in the times especially right now with everything going on in the world which can be really depressing or really frightening depending on your perspective so dan you had asked about my daily art mm -hmm. i look at that and i don't think about all of the the mm -hmm. difficult things going on around us the tensions yeah but why do you, why do you continue learning? Why are you it, doing uh, what you're doing? I, I think there's, there's a lot of um, like selfish reasons or, or even just professional reasons, things that, you know, everything, everything is changing. So much is going on. So much is shifting, changing. And it's just like, you know, when we're talking about my job in higher ed marketing, I could not, if I tried to market with the knowledge I had when I graduated from undergrad some 30 years ago, nothing, nothing would happen because everything is changing. And so to talk about even music, um, you, you just, um, you go further, you go deeper into things, you find out the links and it's just like, you know, yes, I listen to Springsteen, but it's like, I like hearing his influences I like listening to artists of today, new artists who are influenced by him. I like then you, you can make the connections. You hear that you, you, you go and you on this quest to um, see what other music is out there that's similar to this. Um, and then, and then that opens the door and you just, you feel, you don't feel stuck anymore. It's not like, you know, when we talk about, um, things being just the same and redundant. It's just like, well, this freshens it up. And even though you have that foundation in the knowledge that you have, you're able to enhance and expand on that. Um, and so I think it is just to keep things from getting stagnant. I don't like that um, when we're talking about um, learning activities, we, have, we, we, we just got done watching some sports and there's like so many new quarterbacks and so many new everything. It's just like that keeps it fresh. You miss the players that you know and the familiarity with that, but it's just like things change. And so it keeps you sharp and it keeps you on track for moving ahead. And, um, and I think then that, like you say, the um, kind of like an escape from MS, um, but then don't ignore the fact that, you know, for us living with multiple sclerosis, how and why it's so important to be up to date on trends and medication and treatments and everything and how do you expand on that um so there's like you say there's when we were first diagnosed there were three disease modifying therapies if we sat and that didn't get the more knowledge we would have no idea that you know there's 25 plus treatments and if you don't continue learning 
you would miss out on all those options. Absolutely. And I think as you were talking about how important it is, you you reference sports and sports is exercise and exercising your brain. I came across the concept or the, the term neuroplasticity, hmm. which means that the brain has the ability to reorganize itself to help compensate for injury or disease. Hello, multiple sclerosis. <laughs> so this means that you can help the brain to actually rewire itself and attempt to keep it functioning as desired. And the neuroplasticity of the brain is massively important for those of us with MS because the disease is destroying the wiring in our brain, but neuroplasticity allows it to compensate for that damage. So when you know that, it's like, holy cats, MS, take that. You can try and destroy my brain, but hello, neuroplasticity. I'm going to combat it, and I think that's powerful. And again, it goes back to knowledge is power. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's a topic that you can't, you can't, you can't beat that dead horse enough that that knowledge can give us power and help us reclaim. Yes, I'm not as physically powerful as I was. Jeez, oh, Pete's going to be my 26th anniversary in a few days. But I'm not as powerful as I was 26 years ago. But mentally, I would like to believe I'm as strong, if not stronger, than I was. And that, that helps maybe... It stinks that I can't walk, absolutely, but there are other facets of my my life that I think are stronger, and certainly my brain is one of them. Absolutely, and I think that's where, um, when we're talking about knowledge and learning, I guess, um, just in the sense that when we are um, graduate from college, but it's like then you go back for grad school, I mean, and you had said that you had always wanted to get your grad degree. You got it, but I mean, then when you earned it and studied for it, um, how much was your MS a part of that? I, I guess in terms of MS treatment and stuff, or were you really just more, this has been a lifetime goal of yours? It was a goal of mine. It was an opportunity it was a way to stay relevant, to stay engaged in the community, which both you and I talk about how important that community connection is. And it was just very much, I remember rolling across the stage when I got my my degree and just feeling like really just so proud and, and of what I accomplished and then to know that you would be also doing it. And now, Hugh, how interesting. You haven't even really touched on what you're doing. And so I hope I hope you don't mind me bringing that up. Well, no, because I mean, and that's just where the knowledge and education come, in, come into play because I followed your, um, we, we did grad school together, at least started out, and I sort of waned. Um, because it was a lot for me to handle and you got your degree and then it's like, okay, well, I'll finish this up. But I just think, you know, with time, with, um, everything that happened, I don't have, I, I, 
I have the degrees. I have had an undergrad and a, and a master's and then, you know, years of experience, but it's just like, because there is so much changing and you understand where your skill sets are, I needed to go back to school to get, un, get more education. And so, yeah, I'm, you know, two, two classes into a two-year program. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, but it's, you know, what I did at, at CMU when you and I were there, I mean, that was very much for profession or personal enhancement. And now it's like, you know, going back to my um, undergraduate alma mater of Warburg College to get my MA in leadership because it's that leadership to carry forward with what I are, the knowledge I have and how do you push that for, you know, professional purposes. And, you know, because you realize that, okay, you, you feel like you're a little older, but you realize you have a lot more living and working to do. And how do you elevate and shift the trajectory? Can I, if I, if I may use that word. Absolutely. I like it. Yeah. So it's just like, man, and just to have that increased knowledge to do, to take the work I do and do it better or have an even greater understanding than just going through the motion. So that's, that's been exciting for me um, because then, you know, but okay, think of this, then how much when you did your graduate degree, when I did my graduate degree, um, how much MS was talked about um, in, in the, the graduate work you do, because really that's where our understanding is. Um, when you have that experience, you know, that you specialized your education when you did your master's in humanities, but what was the focus of your master's? I looked at everything through the lens of disability. You know, I, I like to, and this is very arrogant of myself, forgive <laughs> me, but I like to say I was a trendsetter in the fact that I looked at everything through the lens of disability and where disabled people like myself were excluded mm -hmm. and how important and how much the quality of the work that we looked at during graduate school, how much it was enhanced by including the disabled population because we are... <laughs> We're not a minority, but we are a minority. We're like a majority minority mm -hmm. and don't exclude us. And so that was the focus of my graduate program. And now you're going back to school for professional. You know, you're 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 going for leadership and just the the way that the things that you are learning trickle into our day to day life and the mm -hmm. number of times. And it's only been, you know, a few a few months, but just the things that you are learning, how you will mention, oh, well, this, this, and this. And it, it's, it's fantastic just that, that they stick with you, what you're learning, but then you also put it in our day-to-day -day life and help me. And then, so it's like, I'm, I'm kind of like riding <laughs> your coattails, getting some of your, just a, a shred of your knowledge. And I think that's, that's really good. So if you're a parent and you have children who, you know, you're setting a good role model for them and you're, you're, in, you're improving yourself, but you're also helping your family or you just, the people that can benefit from you 
increasing your knowledge. And I realize that not everyone has the money to go back to graduate school or has the time or the the ability or the, or just the mental capacity. But for heaven's sakes, I have an app on my phone and I'm feeling like a rock star <laughs> because I look at portraits every day and I'm that much I'm that much better off. Well and that's a, such a great point that it's like, you know, especially, you know, in this in this day with, you know, basically you have a handheld computer in, you know, in you know, in the palm of your hand if I can be redundant. Um but but it's just like that that you have so many resources right there in your hand to get and, you know, the number of programs that there are free programs. There's things, you know, we talk about um you know, and we'll provide a link then too to like our friend Hannah who does like online art classes and things. And there's absolutely no cost to these. And it's just like, you know, where you're, you know, developing the knowledge and does that then trigger more things to say, oh, I really liked this type of art. I I can look this up because we have all of that at our, right at our fingertips. And so it's like the, the, the knowledge and expanding on that is so there and I mean and I I don't think it's to like um deny our disease it's almost like to use our experiences with multiple sclerosis because you can't undermine undermine the um learning and education that comes with everything we deal with in multiple sclerosis and how then sharing your knowledge of your experience with you know a physical therapist or with occupational therapy or things like that with another person, then you're teaching them and increasing their knowledge. And then you in turn will get more from them to increase your knowledge. And so it's, there's just a lot of learning to do. Absolutely. Speak the truth. And I just, I, I have, (laughs) I'm a little pushy as your wife. (laughs) Anyone out there who knows the two of us or who listens can probably tell that. But Dan recently did um, something for I don't want to say something. It, it it was it was a final paper for my first class, and I mean a lot of what we're talking about in this class is about um, purpose and vocation, and I think that's where it is. It's like you know you can go through life just doing what you do, but then you when you have to actually stop and think about what it is you're doing, why you're doing it, what you want to accomplish. Um, it really, it, it really for, focuses you to look inward and figure out what and why am I doing what I'm doing. And so this is, you know, we're talking about, you know, where my class is about leadership or program is about leadership. Um, but it's really getting at the core of who you are as a person. And so that's where the learning is just blow, blowing my mind. And so as part of being a pushy wife, when Dan wrote this assignment for his class, I said, you need to share that. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. And I think that our listeners would benefit from hearing what you have written. And we often focus on writers on this podcast. And today for In Their Voices, which a feature segment for our podcast that focuses the writing of MS authors who read to you their powerful words and their expert essays, their personal essays, poetry, prose. 
But for this episode, I'm excited that I was able to convince my husband Dan to read his graduate school essay about his vocation and purpose. When I was a 10-year-old boy, and I was supposed to be playing back in my bedroom, my mom, Nancy, didn't freak out when she walked by and couldn't see me. She knew I was under my bed, drafting the latest edition of Snoozy News, a handwritten newspaper published in pencil-lead black and vibrant Crayola colors on two sides of wide rule spiral brown notebook paper. Armed with a fourth-grade vocabulary and an immeasurable imagination, I was creating the next literary masterpiece that would take the world of 338 West 7th Street in Monticello, Iowa, by storm. Dream big, Danny. Dream big. But but these were my dreams, my visions. And I'm not sure what sparked them, but they were mine. My older brother Mark was an athlete. I was the creator. And my younger sister Dawn was, well... Dawn was a little sister who just wanted to be included. When it came time to deliver the inaugural edition, I remember waiting patiently for my dad, Roger, to come home from work so he and mom could pour through this hot-off-the-presses page flipper. Remember, it was only two sides of wide-ruled, spiral-bound notebook paper together so they could sit in sheer awe of their son. Yeah, I called that one right. Awe-struck. I'm realizing now, some 41 years later, for as great of a reporter and published publisher as I thought I was, Raj and Nance were equally as talented in their acting skills. They likely saw right through my pint-sized plagiaristic tendencies as I stripped my lead story straight from the Des Moines Register from two days ago but they saw the amount of work I put into my original article about what we had for supper the night before, a hilarious comic about a little boy, an autobiographical sketch of sorts, and an original jumble puzzle, and they doused me in copious amounts of parental praise and encouragement. And so it began. My need to share stories and create with words. Snoozy News became a regular publication at 338 West 7th Street for the next three months, set to come out once each week on Monday, so I'd beat the Monticello Express, which came out on Wednesdays. I realize three months isn't a long time as grown-ups, but to a 10-year-old, it's an eternity. I grew a lot as a reporter and publisher during that quarter of a year. I started drafting all original copy, duplicated a copy of two editions for my grandma Otten, and then even explored the feasibility of creating a new publication for my West 7th Street neighbors and selling it to them for a dime. Alas, flag football, Atari Pac-Man, and my crush on my classmate Tara distracted my new sense. But my drive to create with words has never waned. Through much reflection, prayer, and contemplation, I've realized that my vocation is to use my written and spoken words to motivate, encourage, and inspire others. I've done this throughout my life, whether it was co-creating the Monticello High School paper, the paw print, serving as a sports editor for the Wartburg Trumpet, or excelling as a professional reporter and marketing content creator. This all ties into what I previously had 
declared in my original golden circle assignment for this class that my why is to make the people and situations I interact with better than when I first encounter them. This is why I'm doing, this is what I'm doing with my vocation, using my written and spoken words to realize my why. I'm convinced none of this would have come to fruition had I not made it through two of the most challenging experiences of my life, going through the devastation of my family dealing with my grandma's onset of and life with Alzheimer's disease beginning in 1991, and my diagnosis with having multiple sclerosis in 2000 and dealing with it each day thereafter. Both experiences were crushing in their own right. Seeing how my grandma slowly disappeared cognitively and emotionally, and how my mom was left to cope with the pain of grandma's decline with only her husband and three children. Through this, I turned to my writing to ease my pain. There were plenty of personal essays that nobody saw, but there was one rare poem that I shared with my mom, and she consequently shared it with the Regional Alzheimer's Support Network because, as she said it, people are in pain and they need to read something like this to find comfort. Fair enough, Mom. Fair enough. From out of the blue in the fall of 1999, after inexpressible numbness in my hands, chest, and feet led me to the doctor and a series of tests throughout the final three months of the year, the radiology report indicated that the cause of my symptoms most likely is multiple sclerosis. My neurologist confirmed on Valentine's Day 2000 that I indeed had MS, a chronic progressive disease of the central nervous system for which there is no cure. Damn you, MS. What was I going to do, and how was I going to move forward with my life? I mean, I was only 27 years old, so I started writing about MS, what it was doing to me, and what I was doing to keep moving forward and make the most of my life in spite of this disease. Plenty of personal essays that I learned sh I shouldn't keep to myself, as my mom once told me in relation to the poem about my grandma, people are in pain and they need to read something like this to find comfort. During my undergraduate education at Warburg College, it was noted that authors should take notice and write about what they know. Trust me, I know a lot about MS. This disease has offered me a platform for my writing and it also opened the door to meeting my wife Jennifer. She also is living with MS, and we truly are the best of friends and total partners in crime in writing and speaking to help others boldly move forward despite MS. You ask what I enjoy doing that brings out the best in me? Without skipping a beat, I can tell you that it's spending time with Jennifer and living our best life together as a couple takes on MS. We often say that MS doesn't define us. Rather, we are redefining what MS can be. With Jennifer, I get a sense of fulfillment writing for our blog and MS-related websites, hosting our podcast, advocating in Lansing, Michigan, or Washington, D.C., serving as keynote speakers at major events, and presenting to college classes and community organizations. These are the places I feel most comfortable with, my, with sharing my insights and perspectives as I fully feel that I am living my vocation and realizing my why. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Dan. Thank you for thank you for asking. It's just yeah, it's just like when you start rereading it, it's just like that, that you know, 
some of it was a little emotional, so. Absolutely, and that was really personal and very touching. Uh, I just, I really appreciate it. And I feel that it's it would be helpful for all of us living with multiple sclerosis when we have those moments where we wonder, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, we've all had those moments since we were diagnosed. And even if you aren't living with multiple sclerosis or another chronic illness, just to take stock of yourself and think seriously about what your vocation is and why you are here. You are here for so many reasons. And if you can figure that out, I I think that gives you some sort of clarity. Absolutely. Sense of purpose. And you carry yourself differently since you've started graduate school for all the reasons that we've discussed today. It's just the knowledge and the focus. I really think that this graduate program has helped you. Not that, you know, you needed help, but it's just been really, really beneficial. But again, thank you for sharing your essay. Thanks for asking. Thank you for reading it before I turned it in. Uh, I just, I do think, um, you know, and, 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 you know, just carrying through on the, the theme and, and focus of this episode, it is don't stop learning, continue to learn and seek the knowledge and get the education. And, um, one other thing we'll add in the, the liner notes is one of the books I read for this class, and it was an incredible book solely about vocation. And it's just like, um, it will provide a link to that because I mean, it's a short read. It's an easy read. It's a fun read, but it really, really digs, you know, makes you dig deep to find what it is you're doing. I mean, and especially, you know, had I read that book, you know, 1995 or sometime pre MS, you know, my vision, my thinking and thought of my vocation would have been totally different from what, when I read it you know, 20 plus years after my diagnosis. And so I just think, you know, really thank you all for taking the time to to listen uh, today. And really, um, we just encourage you to continue to learn and, and seek the knowledge to help you and keep your mind sharp and moving. So until next time, we are a couple takes in on, on MS. I'm Dan Digman and I'm walking. I'm Jennifer Digman and I'm rolling. But together we're moving forward.